The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. C. diff, spores, and more is brought to you by Clorox Healthcare, trusted solutions for your infection prevention needs. Visit us on the web at CloroxHealthcare.com. Welcome to C. diff, spores, and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here's your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome and thank you for joining us today on Seed of Spores and More Global Broadcasting Network. We would like to thank our official sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this pro- program possible. Today we welcome our guests, three doctors from Sanofi Pasteur, Dr. Christian Felter, Associate VP, Global Medical Ex- Expert for Nosocomial Vaccines for Sanofi Pasteur, based in Lyon, France. Dr. Patricia Petrobon, Associate Vice President, Research and Development and Head of the C. diff Vaccine Program for Sanofi Pasteur, and Dr. Guy DeBrain, Director of Clinical Development at Sanofi Pasteur. Joining us right now to discuss the C. diff vaccine update, Sanofi Pasteur's C. defense. At this time, I would like to introduce our first guest to the show, Dr. Christian Felter, Associate VP of Global Medical Expert for Nosocomial Vaccines for Sanofi Pasteur. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Felter. Thank you very much for having me, Nancy. I'm very happy to be here. Well, it's a pleasure having you here again with your colleagues on the show. And not to waste any time, I just want to jump right in. And I want to ask you, if um, do you think that the international medical community is becoming more aware of C. difficile infections, its symptoms, and how to prevent this infection? Yes, absolutely. They certainly are. Over the, over the last several years, especially over the last decade, there has been a huge upswing in the discussion about C. difficile, and I'm sure we'll get a chance to talk about that more during this program. But to give you an idea, just in the medical community, when you look at publications uh, that are directed specifically at Clostridium difficile, in the year 2005, there were 260 publications. A decade later, in 2015, there are 1,098 publications indexed in in PubMed. So you can see that there's a lot of information there and a lot of discussion. This goes along with the news stories that are happening and everything of that sort. But I will say that this is definitely an ongoing process. It hasn't been a, a linear increase over that period of time. There have been jumps as things go along, and you see differences in different regions of the world. So there's a lot to be done to make sure that everybody in the medical community is as aware of C. diff as they really need to be. Exactly. We agree with you 100%. And um, the global market, I mean, it's not just uh, an infection that's, you know, more or less over here in the United States. It is a global uh, problem and a global, um, that needs global attention. 
And and we you had touched on this is are there any certain regions of the world that are farther along than others? Yeah, there really are, Nancy. Now this is a, it, these are sad stories, unfortunately, because. C. diff sort of bursts onto the scene in different areas, and it's a consequence of our success in Western medicine, because as we, I hope we'll get a chance to talk about later on, C. diff is one of the consequences of keeping people alive longer and giving them more antibiotics and the like. We can talk about that a little bit more. So what ends up happening in many of these regions is suddenly C. diff bursts onto the scene when there's an outbreak that usually leads to dozens of cases and sometimes many, many deaths. This actually started in, in around the 2005 uh, time frame, and it started in Europe first. So they really got going first, and then it happened in Canada and the U.S. And really from that point, that's really sort of the impetus for those individual regions to start working on C. diff and become aware of it. This is not a new bug. It's been around for a very long time, as we discussed the last time on the show, but it really decides to come out and, and be known. So then in some of the other regions, it's really just starting to be recognized. We know that there are outbreaks occurring in Latin America, especially in Mexico at this time and down in Brazil. And we know that there is C. diff from some of our own work and the work of other people that we are uh, in contact with in, in Southeast Asia, in Japan, in Australia. So it's, it's, it really is a global problem, but it's those areas that C. diff sort of burst onto the scene first in that are farther along with regard to their understanding and awareness of C. diff. It's unfortunate that it had to be that way, but that's really the pattern that, was, that has been followed in other parts of the world. Exactly. We couldn't agree with you more. And thank you so much for sharing that information with our listeners. Um, Dr. Felter, can you tell us about how, what everyone can do to bring C. difficile infection awareness and prevention and, and testing to the forefront? Well, this is obviously a very, very important point. Now, what needs to be done here is, and it sounds like a simple one, is that C. diff needs to be thought about in the right patients. Now, that sounds very simple, but in fact, it's not. Nosocomial diarrhea or diarrhea associated with healthcare is very, very common. And in fact, C. difficile is responsible for maybe 10 to 20% of the cases of diarrhea in healthcare-associated situations. So it's not the most common cause, but it is definitely one that can lead to death and severe consequences down the road as opposed to drug reactions and other things like that that happen with uh, other drugs. So it's very, very important for people to be aware of it. And what can they do to be aware of it is learn about it. They need to listen to shows like this. They need to see what's going on in the media at this time because there's one tenant that is always held on to in, in medicine, which is that you can't find what you don't look for. And with these nonspecific symptoms, it can easily be overlooked in the mild cases. Unfortunately, the severe cases can really, really jump out there uh, at you, but these are the ones that we want to try to avoid. As, as far as testing and the like, testing is really moving in, into a modern age where it is becoming routine to do testing. And in, in fact, in some areas of the world, it is considered mandatory to routine to test for C. difficile in anybody who has clinically significant diarrhea in the hospital. So this is going to show that that awareness is turning into action on the part of hospitals and action on the part of physicians. Because once they're aware of these things, they're able to make the right clinical choices for their patients. For instance, some of the stuff that we've been doing as well with regard to 
awareness is we've been doing a lot of epidemiological studies trying to make sure that people are aware of the extent of this disease throughout the world. There have been recent publications like uh, the one that was in Plus One last month about attributable risk which is showing how many people are, are, are getting C. diff in different populations and the like. And I have to thank organizations such as yours and shows such as this to help continue getting the word out because the first real step is to think, could this be C. diff? And as long as you're doing that, you're well on the road to making a difference in a patient's life. Thank you so much, doctor. We appreciate that information also. And we're going to ask you is, who do you think would be administering a preventative C. diff infection vaccine? Well, the key to truly preventing C. difficile is obviously in a vaccination scenario is to be able to get the people that are going to be at risk before they're acutely at risk. When someone is exposed to C. difficile and they already have disturbed gut flora, it's actually too late to vaccinate them at that time because they've already been exposed. So what we need to do is find the individuals who are going to be at risk at some point in the future. And how do we identify those? Well, we know that these are the people, usually older people, although age is not in itself a risk factor, but it's the people that have multiple morbidities or other illnesses that they live with on a day-to-day basis they spend time in doctor's offices. They spend time in, in the hospital. And the place we find them is in their primary care physician's office. That's where we can find them before they're at the high-risk situation where they're on antibiotics in the hospital. So what we're really seeing is a situation where the primary care physician, who is actually responsible for the ongoing health of that individual, is going to be the one that is identifying someone and saying, you know what? there's a decent chance that in the next year, two, three years, you're going to end up in the hospital and you're going to be exposed to C. difficile. So let's take one of those problems away by vaccinating you with this vaccine. Okay, that is great. And doctor, um, in regards to prevention, we're still back to hand washing, correct? Absolutely. For when it comes to personal protection, Hand washing is absolutely the best way to eradicate C. diff. And eradicate is a difficult thing because the hand gels that you see all the time in the hospitals and everything like that are very good for infection control purposes. They work well against Staph aureus, Pseudomonas, some of the other Enterobacteriaceae like E. coli and Klebsiella that you hear of. But they have basically no effect on C. diff because when it's outside of the body, it's in a spore form. And those spores really are not affected by those alcohol hand gels. So the hand washing is really the key because you're basically getting the spores off of your hands. You're not killing them. You're just washing them off. So, in fact, that two- to three-second wash that people say, yes, I did wash my hands, in this particular situation is not enough. It's this 30-second to 60-second hand wash that is, yes, difficult to do, but is absolutely essential to break the chain of transmission of C. difficile. Well, thank you so much for all of this information, Dr. Felter. And uh, we appreciate you being here with us today and providing us with an update on the um, C. difficile vaccine and the information for the patients and our listeners globally. And we are going to pause for a commercial break already. And when we return, we will continue discussing the C. diff vaccine program update, Sanofi Pasteur C. Defense, with Dr. Patricia 
Petrobon, Associate Vice President, Research and Development, and Head of the C. diff Vaccine Program for Sanofi Pasteur. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back after these messages. Making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The CDF Foundation offers global community support sessions. CDF can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety, as well as learn about upcoming events, teleconferences, and support sessions. To register for a session, call the CDF Foundation at 1-844-4CDF. 1-844-367-2343 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to C. diff, spores, and more, and we welcome our listeners joining us today. It's a pleasure to introduce to you Dr. Patricia Petrobon, Associate Vice President Research and Development and Head of the C. diff Vaccine Program for Sanofi Pasteur. Welcome to the show, Dr. Petrobon. Hi, Nancy. Uh, thanks uh, a lot. It's great to be here. Well, thank you so much, and it's a pleasure to speak with you and your colleagues again to discuss this important topic, Sanofi Pasteur's Preventative C. diff Infection Vaccine. And at this time, I don't want to waste any time because minutes fly here. Yeah. Um, can you share with our listeners how the vaccine is, is designed to work? Sure. Um, so the uh, C. diff bacteria itself produces toxins. These are toxins A and B. And it's these toxins that cause the inflammation of the gut and lead to diarrhea and the other more serious effects. Our vaccine is composed of highly purified antigens and more specifically, the purified toxoids A and B. So the vaccine is actually designed to stimulate one's immune system to produce an immune response capable of neutralizing the effects of the C. diff toxin. Um, importantly, and maybe to remind everyone, um, the approach that we are taking for our C. diff vaccine is actually very similar to 
other licensed toxoid vaccines. So, for example, vaccines against tetanus and diphtheria. And these, as, as your listeners know, have been used safely and effectively for several decades. Also, uh, through vaccination, um, our hope is to be able to prevent uh, the first occurrence of, of C. diff disease. So our approach is actually to change the paradigm from treating people who are already sick with the disease, but actually to then to, um, if you will, arm one's immune system in order to prevent uh, one, anyone from ever getting the disease in the first place. Uh, the FDA has also um, given, provided the program uh, uh, fast track designation, and that was um, indicated back in 2010. And essentially what this means is that it demonstrates the potential to address the unmet medical need and then also facilitates the development and expedite, expediting the review of new drugs and vaccines. Thank you, Dr. Pitcherbone. And what updates are available that you can discuss with us with San, Santa Fe um, Pasteur's preventative C. diff infection vaccine program since last year? Well, it's been a very busy year, I will say that. Um, the team remains um, forever engaged, in, if you will, in uh, our pursuit of bringing forward a, a new vaccine. Um, in addition to a large amount of work and effort on our Phase three global trial, we're also engaged in several other activities. And... Um, I'll just mention that Dr. DeBrain, who's our next uh, guest uh, from Sanofi, will will actually talk with your your audience more about the ongoing sea defense study. But in the meantime, um, as as Dr. Felter just mentioned, it's very important that we uh, build awareness about the disease. Uh, so it's important um, to conduct epidemiological studies, um, and additionally to also interact with regulatory authorities on the vaccine itself and on the trial um, as we continue to add uh, in this past year uh, several new countries to the Phase three efficacy study. Vaccine That's supply is, is also a key factor that keeps our clinical trials going and uh, is also very important to our launch readiness um, following a potential vaccine license. So our industrialization team uh, right here in our Swiftwater PA facility have been manufacturing uh, the clinical trial materials that are needed for our phase three studies and preparing our facilities in order to provide C. diff vaccine to all those who need it. And then lastly, I, I might just mention that, uh, as I, I think started to say earlier, that we continue to work to build awareness about C. diff disease. Um, we present our data at relevant scientific communities, uh, conferences, sorry, and then also to interface with those who are actually on the front lines who are seeking solutions for the disease. Uh, again, this is one of three microorganisms uh, with which uh, the U.S. CDC identified as um, an urgent threat needing um, quick responses um, as part of their report on antibiotic resistance uh, that was published in 2013. 
Thank you so much, Dr. Petrabon. And everyone here at the Seed Foundation really um, commends and appreciates everything that Sanofi Pasteur and all your colleagues are doing, not only to raise awareness, but for, you know, developing this uh, potentially, you know, global um, whenever, you know, the vaccine. We're really excited. We're looking forward to it. And we're hearing um, a lot about these days about the mi- antimicrobial resistance uh, from CDC and uh, other um, government agencies. Dr. Petrobone, do you think a vaccine to prevent C. diff infections will help that cause? Yeah, that, that's a really um, timely question, Nancy. Um, in March of last year, the White House released uh, the national, national Action Plan for Combating Antibiotic-Resistant bacteria. And Sanofi Pasteur is playing an active role uh, as a supporter of the White House plan through our participation in the Presidential Advisory Council on Combating Antimicrobial Resistance. In addition, as you indicated, um, recently the UK has also published um, their their manuscript on vaccines and alternative approaches on reducing our dependence on antimicrobials. So both the U.S. and the U.K. action plans um, underscore the use of vaccines as a potential alternative to antibiotic treatments and as, again, potentially promising solution to the problem of AMR. Um, Vaccines have the potential to prevent the infection and so therefore to reduce the need to use antibiotics. Exactly. And just educating and raising awareness of um, antibiotic usage um, on a global level is so important. Right. And also to know it, that viruses are not uh, affected by antibiotic use. Well, that's correct. But in many cases, um, well, I shouldn't say many, but in several you know, instances, there might also be... Um, an antibiotic that is prescribed because of some under uh, potentially underlying bacterial infection. So you're absolutely right in that uh, viruses like flu and the like um, are not affected by antibiotics. But again, there could be um, utilization uh, again because of some underlying um, concern. Exactly. We agree with you with that. And and people know that the more the diagnostic tests become available, the better it'll be. It'll be more helpful also for the doctors. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Petrobone, when, where do you think Sanofi Pasteur will file for regulatory approval if the phase three results are good? Well, we, we are doing a large <clears throat> global phase three trial. <clears throat> excuse me, in more than 20 countries. Um, and that's because we want to bring the vaccine to as many regions of the world where it's needed. Um, in terms of the actual filing, though, we would need to start somewhere. So likely we'll start uh, in North America and Europe and then follow quickly um, with the other regions thereafter. Okay. Well, that's exciting. I know that. And um, Dr. Petrobone, why is Sanofi Pasteur working on this vaccine? Uh, that's another good question. Um, well, obviously, there, there is a clear medical need to prevent the devastating disease effects caused by C. diff infection. Sanofi Pasteur is a proud history of developing vaccines to 
prevent diseases for more than 100 years now. We've successfully, um, we've been successful in developing new vaccines for many childhood and adult diseases. And we are also strongly focused on bringing new and innovative vaccines to those who need them. Um, like our recently, recently licensed dengue vaccine, we believe that the C. diff vaccine is, a non, is another of these innovative vaccines and one that is, is needed uh, to affect uh, as, a significant medical need. And again, we are hope, we're hopeful that um, our studies will progress um, efficiently and that we can bring this vaccine um, uh, to the market uh, to prevent disease symptoms caused by CDI. Um, I might also just end then with this by saying that um, the outcome of our phase through our phase two data um, <clears throat> from a trial that ended um, a year or so ago um, was promising enough. Uh, the study met its endpoints for safety and immunogenicity and encouraged us to take the next steps then move forward with this large phase three efficacy study. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Petribon, and we thank you so much for being with us here today and for sharing this information with all our listeners. Um, we, lo we look forward to your return next year to discuss Sanofi Pasteur's preventative C. diff infection vaccine updates, and we thank you for being with us. And right now, we are going to pause for a commercial break. When we return, Dr. Guy DeBrain, Director of Clinical Development at Sanofi Pasteur, will be joining us to discuss C-Defense and the updates with the Phase 3 trial. Stay tuned and we will return after these messages. making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Join us on September 20th in Atlanta, Georgia for the fourth annual International Raising C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo. Visit the C. diff Foundation website at cdifffoundation.org for event details or contact the C. diff Foundation at 919-201-1512 for additional information. Again, the website is cdifffoundation.org. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products, EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes, trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. 
Welcome back to CDIP Spores and More Global Broadcasting Network, and we thank you for joining us today. We, will, we would like to introduce to you our next guest, Dr. Guy DeBrain, Director of Clinical De- Development at Sanofi Pasteur, to discuss C defense and updates with the Phase Three trial. Welcome, Dr. DeBrain. Hi, Nancy. Thanks for having me on. Uh, well, thank you so much for being here with your colleagues to discuss this exciting topic and all the updates. And at this time, would you mind sharing with our listeners uh, the updates with the Phase Three Defense Sea Defense Trial? Sure. Um, so we uh, began our global Phase Three trial in 2013. We're now in our third year. Uh, we're still actively working on uh, our global efficacy trial and our Phase Three program. Overall, uh, what's really new is that we continue to add uh, capacity in our study. We've added several countries uh, in the past year. We have additional countries in Central uh, America, such as uh, Panama, Dominican Republic, Guatemala, several in Asia, such as in the Philippines, Thailand, and also expanding in in Europe in countries that hadn't been participating previously. And and we expect to add uh, some more over the course of this year. Um, Some of that is, you know, based on a schedule that was planned. For example, in Japan, um, who just joined the study um, very recently, we had to undertake a phase one, two trial before they could join the trial. The, the phase three trial. Um, so that study is now complete. The data from that was provided to the national regulator and, and that allowed us then to bring Japan into the phase three trial. So we're also preparing the results of that phase one, two trial uh, for uh, scientific journal communication and that's ongoing work. So, it, you know, briefly that's, that's uh, what, what's been going on in the last year. That's wonderful. And Dr. DeBrain, how many countries exactly are total uh, participating in the study? We're in over 20 countries overall. Uh, If you count um, the the countries that are to be uh, added, we'll be uh, approaching uh, 29 approximately by the time we're done. But that's still an ongoing process, as I mentioned. Right, and that's outstanding, and that's wonderful news for everyone to know. And Dr. DeBrain, what are the regional differences in conducting such a trial? So, you know, for this, it's important to remember that the diversity that we see across regions uh, reflects a number of things. Firstly, it reflects how healthcare is delivered around the world. It's a... um, People experience healthcare in the United States in a highly privatized environment, but in other countries, healthcare is provided through single-payer systems. In other places, there are mixes of of private and and public systems, and so those all um, influence how people um, get the care they need if they have health issues. But also for a study like ours, how we need to operate in that location. Um, so that's you know that's how you operationalize uh, a study like ours, where you have to identify people with a particular profile. Um, there are also, so in addition to the healthcare environment, there are also different regulatory requirements 
within each country, and so we have to make sure we're uh, in tune with all of those in, in terms of our submissions and, and how we operate uh, when we do the study. But really, that's the, you know, those are operational issues. I think what's not really different, as, as Christian Felter uh, already highlighted to you, and you yourself mentioned, CDIS is a global problem. And you know, what we see is common is uh, the way that CDIS causes disease doesn't recognize geographic boundaries. So we're looking to have a global study because this is a global problem. Exactly. And we are so happy to hear that and that you are, uh, you know, on a global level addressing this global problem. And that's why the C. Diff Foundation is also out there raising awareness um, the same way. And as you said, each country has their own agenda and has their own set of problems, whether it be the prevention, the treatments, or the environmental safety issues. And Dr. DeBrain, we know that um, Sanofi Pasteur has a lot of people working on this large phase three trial. Can you elaborate on that? Um, yeah, it's it's a large team. Um, it's one of the largest in terms of geographic footprint studies that we've ever undertaken. So because it's a large team and requires a lot of communication, coordination, there's, there's a lot of work to do to just keep that... Um, going in an effective way. We have a large number of investigators. We have a lot of volunteers in, as I said, in a lot of different countries, over 20 countries already. Um, a lot of commu- uh, collaborators, stakeholders. So the coordination amongst that uh, team is, is a lot of effort. It's a big commitment on our part. Um, but also, as Dr. Petrobon mentioned, what we are doing is just a subset of the global effort that Sanofi Pasteur is putting forward. So in addition to the, the clinical trial, the clinical program, we have work in epidemiology, in manufacturing, making the vaccine right now, making it for the clinical trial. Um, but that's all ongoing work that reflects you know, a big uh, commitment on the part of the organization to, to realizing this goal of having a vaccine um, testing and, and, and having a vaccine available for the people that need it. Exactly. It's a huge undertaking, and it's but it's so necessary. And to, um, you know, develop and, and have the trial for prevention of this deadly and life-threatening uh, infection. And, you know, thank you so much again for all of you who are involved in this. And, Dr. DeBrain, what is the trial protocol? So, uh, trial protocol is really the plan for how to conduct a study. So in a more formal way, states, you know, what our objectives are, who can be in the trial, what needs to happen during the trial, and when it needs to happen. Um, So, for example, it would state um, who's eligible to be in the trial. In our case, we're looking for people who have had multiple encounters with in the hospital environment in the prior year. So they have to have had two or more inpatient stays in the hospital in the prior year and had systemic antimicrobial therapy. So that's either oral or intravenous antibiotic therapy in the prior year. So that's one group of participants we're looking for. In addition, we're also looking for people who have a planned hospital stay for major surgery coming up in the next 
uh, 60 days. So all of those details are available in a couple of different sources if people want to follow up. Uh, one of them is in an independent website where um, increasingly you know, all clinical trials become registered at so clinicaltrials.gov. It's, a, it's an open resource for everyone to deposit their protocol information. So one could go there to search for information. And then we also have a website, cdefense.org, uh, where we have information about our sites and, and uh, the countries participating uh, in the trial. Okay, well, thank you so much for sharing that information with the listeners. That's really important. And also, um, Dr. DeBrain, one thing I, I, we all want to know is who's eligible to volunteer for this trial? So the, the people that we're looking to include are those two groups I mentioned. So uh, people that have had multiple prior hospital encounters, so two or more stays in the hospital in the prior year, and who've also had antibiotic therapy. And then the second group is people who are having, are planning to have a major surgical procedure in the next 60 days. So that's who can be included. Obviously, there are a number of other criteria that would have to be assessed before somebody could be brought into the trial, um, and those are you know, range from you know, other health conditions and other sorts of things that each site and investigator would need to assess. But importantly, you know, we're not including people who have a C. diff infection currently or have had it in the past because our goal is to evaluate whether the vaccine can prevent first occurrence of symptomatic C. diff infection. So, so that's, I think, probably most importantly for your listeners, uh, those are individuals who can't participate in this trial um, because that's really what we're looking to prevent. Thank you for sharing that. And I would, that was my next question, so you knew that was coming. <laughs> I, I think, you know, as you yourself have said so many times, people don't uh, understand how um, significant a condition C. diff is if they haven't experienced it personally. Um, and, and so when they hear about interventions, when people who've had C. diff hear about interventions, it certainly tweaks their interest and, and they respond very readily. Um, but unfortunately in this trial, you know, we're looking for people who, who are at risk, who haven't had it before. Um, and because we would like to, that's what we want to prevent in our trial. Okay. Is there any specific age group? We're enrolling adults. So these are individuals who are 50 years of age or older. Okay. And when do you expect to have the results of the phase three trial? So the study, uh, as you know, as we're conducting it, is what's known as a case-driven design, which means that the, tr the timeline is, is really uh, controlled by the occurrence of disease, um, and we have to observe a certain number of cases of C. diff infection um, to, to conclude the study. So we'll continue the study and following participants until we reach that certain number of cases that we need. Um, so we'll continue uh, enrolling participants and vaccinating them, following them, 
um, until we reach that number of cases. I mean, my best estimate, if I have to you know, put forward a number, uh, we would estimate that we'll be continuing probably to the end of 2018. Um, um, that would be my best estimate. Okay. Well, Dr. DeBrain, thank you so much for being here with us today and for sharing all of this updated information on the trial three, phase three, excuse me, phase three of this trial. And we look forward to for you and your colleagues to return next year to give us another uh, update on the uh, state defense um, study and the C. diff vaccine by Sanofi Pasteur. And right now, um, we are going to take a commercial break and we stay tuned. Please stay tuned and we will return after these messages and thank you again. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. To help support the CDF Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate or call toll free 1 844 4CDIF. That's 1 844 367 2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to C. diff, spores, and more, global broadcasting network. And we thank you for joining us today. We would like to thank our guests from Sanofi Pasteur for joining us today, Dr. Christian Felter, Associate Vice President, Global Medical Expert for Nosocomial Vaccines for Sanofi Pasteur, based in Lyon, France, Dr. Patricia Petrobon, Associate Vice President, Research and Development and Head of the C. diff Vaccine Program for Sanofi Pasteur, and Dr. Guy DeBrain, Director of Clinical Development at Sanofi Pasteur. Here they discussed the C. diff vaccine updates, Sanofi Pasteur's C. defense. For more information about C. defense, please visit www.cdefense.org. 
Thank you for joining us today on our program and join us every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time as we discuss up-to-date information with topic experts and organizations focused on C. difficile infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety and more. We would like to thank our official sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this program possible. Please visit their website at cloroxhealthcare.com forward slash C. diff radio. Our sincere get well wishes go out to all the patients being treated for and recovering from this life-threatening infection. And we remember all of those who we've lost due to either directly from or uh, involvement from a C. difficile infection. So this is your host, Nancy Corrala. And until next week, none of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. And we wish you a good day. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Kerala, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. C. diff, spores, and more is brought to you by Clorox Healthcare, trusted solutions for your infection prevention needs. Visit us on the web at cloroxhealthcare.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.